0: You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Chris Lopez here, and welcome to our webinar. We're going to... Talk about the short-term rental market or Airbnb market here in Denver Metro. Now, last couple of years, lots of stuff has you know happened. You know, the last decade, Airbnbs have been the hot thing. Great investments, everyone's used them, everyone traveled them. Uh, they've become more and more popular. And now we've also had more coming online. We've had COVID. We've had now high interest rates. We're at high prices right now. Uh, we got new regulations coming online. And so a lot of stuff that you need to know if you're running Airbnbs or if you want to get into the Airbnb game. And so I do what I always do. I have these questions myself. I got investors asking. I always want to know what's going on in the market. So I am not the expert, but I know who the experts are. And so I get the great privilege of getting given Getting these guys from Air Simplicity over here to do a webinar with us to break down what's going on. Now, Air Simplicity is a local property management company uh, based here in Denver. There's a lot of great short term rental stuff. They've been a great resource to me. We've heard many clients that use them as well. I've only heard great things. So, without further ado, we have the two co founders here. Shalom Kaiser and Jonathan Schneider. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. Or good afternoon now, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks for having us on.
0: So we'll do a voice here. Shalom. Let people know your voice. Yes. Hello. All right. So this is Shalom. <laughs> That's me. Jonathan. Hello. Hello. All right. How's it going? Yeah, I know you guys sound similar there. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll get you guys worked out here. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to have you here because we we have you on the podcast before. You know, we we I talk to you throughout, you know, the all the investing cycles, and you guys are plugging plug the market. You run Air Simplicity, you're Airbnb investors yourself. Give a little background on just kind of so people know why you're an expert.
2: Yeah, uh, just firstly, thank you for hosting us. We were here a couple of years ago on your podcast and uh, that was received well by multiple pe- many people in the community. So and we, I think we've even gotten a client or two from that mm-hmm. podcast, Fantastic. so we really appreciate that, Chris. Uh, we've been doing this for seven going on eight years now. We manage 70 properties in the Denver metro area plus broader Colorado. So in the mountains, um, also one in Florida, by the way. And, uh, yeah, we've just been building from the ground up. We've learned all the in, in, ins and outs over the years. So you paid your dues, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And of that managed, we own, uh, probably about a quarter of those. So we are active investors ourselves. Right. Uh, we do some arbitrage deals too, which means that we rent them from owners and then short-term rent them. Um, but yeah, management is our bread and butter.
0: Fantastic. All right, so I know as we're prepping for this, we put together, or you guys put together, I think like six main items to talk about. What are we talking about today, Shalom?
1: Yeah, so we've got some slides going here. Topic of discussion, regulatory climate, uh, what to look for when purchasing an STR, high-level outlook, national and local data, deal dive, a bird's eye view of a successful deal, uh, operational finances, so understanding your P&L and what that looks like. Trends, what you need to be looking out for, and finally, tips, tricks, and best practices. All right. So, you like said lots of great stuff, and we just take all the questions investors
0: have about short term rental, ask these guys, jam pack them to one hour. So, we're going to blow through this. However, if you guys have questions, feel free to leave comments in the chat if you're here live. If you're not, leave in the comments or reach out to one of us. And we are going to go through a couple of spreadsheets on here. If you would like to grab a copy of those, uh, go to the show notes and you can download them or you can always reach out to one of us. We're happy to email them to you as well. All right, man. So talk about the regulatory climate because, I mean, you know, this has been always so fascinating because, you know, real estate is such a slow-moving beast. But short-term rental is about – probably one of the fastest moving components towards real estate. You know, for my fears out here, it went from, you know, wild, wild west in Denver County to now very restrictive rules. Um, and then the other counties are following as well. So yeah, what is going on?
1: Yeah. So, well, the first uh, disclaimer I'll say is that within the regulatory climate, we're just going to be talking about Colorado, uh, national climate where yeah, we don't know too much about. So we're going to keep it local. Um, so the good news is that most of the regulations um, have already been established. Um, so well, let's go, let's go through uh, bullet point by bullet point. Is it legal? So that's the first question that we're going to ask anyone when they're looking to invest, um, or manage a short-term rental. Is it legal? Are they allowed to do it? Um, the second point is just because it's not legal doesn't mean people aren't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, <is> so true, <laughs> as you'll see and we've seen. Yeah, if you go on Airbnb and you look around, you look at areas where you know they're illegal. You're going to see listings. Now that's a high risk, high reward situation. It's pretty risky to go invest. You might buy a house for seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars. Spend a couple months, twenty, 000, thirty thousand dollars buying furniture and setting it up, and then get shut down. That's going to prevent many, many, many people from investing. Um, but if you can get away with it, oftentimes there's not a lot of uh, supply and you can charge a high amount and, uh, yeah, it would be quite profitable. Yeah. And just to
2: add something there. So some municipalities such as Denver County have gotten very sophisticated in where if you don't have a short, a valid short-term rental license number, they literally take down the listing from the back end so you can't even list it in denver without a proper and valid license you mean, letter. they take
0: it down on the back end, like through like through airbnb yeah.
2: airbnb and denver are working together oh, okay. and so you can't even li- list illegally in some places we can speak for denver for sure yeah
0: i mean i'm not surprised to hear that like i was wondering yeah. like it's not yeah you know, all the data is out there publicly mm-hmm. on there so they've gotten that mm-hmm. sophisticated now yeah is that the same for verbo are they kind of doing yeah, that
2: as well it, it is it okay. is the same with verbo but it requires an agreement between airbnb and the municipality so denver and airbnb jockeyed for a while to finally come to an agreement i think it took multiple years yeah um so but you'll only see that in the big cities yeah you are not
1: going to see that in Arvada. we are douglas, yeah. douglas county like yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. Uh so the next one uh, tapering of regulations so most counties and municipalities have established regulations so that's nice from an investor perspective if you are looking to buy a home most of the places that you're looking have some type of regulations in place already because it could be quite risky to go buy a house and then a month later they prohibit it um that would be a bad situation so there are a couple of counties that are figuring out what to do like Douglas County like you mentioned Lake County uh so oftentimes they'll put a moratorium they'll just say hey for the next 12 months no 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 more short term rentals we're going to figure out what to do um what's Douglas
0: County doing right now we're thinking of doing
1: they're allowing i think one it's pretty pretty open i think, I think it's but your, I, I don't know They a primary or um i don't think it has to be a primary mm. they haven't they haven't listed anything yet on their website so this is just from talks that we so this like is probably line. like chatter in the pipeline then in, in, in the, the pipeline. The okay yeah
0: okay now i was just curious and because i know denver like let me ask you about this because like you know i, th- I think it was what four years ago denver changed their rules to where hey you could have any airbnb stores basically your primary mm-hmm. and right. i knew i'm sure you guys knew quite a few universities they had a dozen airbnbs going around that were great cash cows and all of a sudden it was just basically shut off overnight how important is that like a plan B when running your numbers for like regulatory change like that? Is there any way to like quantify that or like, how would you mitigate that that risk or is that risk not a big deal anymore?
1: Um, yeah, I would say it is important. And the way I view it is if it can't operate as a short-term rental, you, you want to look into midterm rental. So midterm rental is between a short-term rental and a long-term rental, typically for 30 days. So when there are, prohibitions uh, from short uh, on short term rentals, they're 30 day plus. So if you anything, pretty much anyone allows 30 day plus. So and we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. And then a long term rental. I mean, if the numbers can work, even as a long term rental, you'd be pretty safe. But I mean, in today's market, that's a little tough.
0: That's tough. That's why people want a short term rental for some
2: cash flow. Yeah. And we can speak from personal experience. One of our units just is getting shut down soon. So we're like, okay, do we do a midterm 30 day plus. You don't, you don't need a license at all yeah. for that. Um, or do we sell it? Do we just do long term? So we're in that
1: situation. Have you figured it out yet? Or is that in process uh, right now? We're
2: thinking about doing midterm for now, okay. but we're also, we're also thinking we're, about selling it too.
1: Yeah. We're thinking about doing a 1031 into two mountain short-term rentals. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, just with the high rates, it's, it's hard. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that.
0: And I know we got some questions here about uh, supply being saturated. We'll cover that in a few minutes. We will yeah. Yeah.
1: We'll get into that. Um, so within the regulations, some of the regulations criteria may include safety inspections. So the governing body may want to do an inspection just to make sure everything is, is safe and running well. Uh, primary residence. Most people are probably familiar with the Denver primary residence rules. Oftentimes that the term primary residence is vaguely defined. Um, even according to Denver, there's it at the very least, it means you can't have another one, but you know, you can travel for five years and it can still be your primary residence. So
2: yeah. And Denver's definition is usual place of return. Right. And I think they define that as 183 days, half a year of actual living in the, in the home. But we have people who don't live in it
1: yeah. at all, and they're you know they make out okay. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, license cap. So this could be an, uh, a certain amount of licenses that are given out, which could be based on density. So I believe it's Gilpin County, for example, that has uh, four point five percent of the total inventory of homes in the county. They'll allow it to be short term rentals. Mm. Um, and if you if it's full, then there's a wait list or an absolute amount. Um, so just let's say there's two hundred and fifty. Uh, available licenses. Uh, Hefty fees are lengthy approval processes. So we'll see that especially in uh, Jefferson County is the one good example that comes up. uh, For some of our clients, it's taken a couple thousand dollars and a few months to get a license, which is not even guaranteed. And you have to come before a hearing who decides whether the license is granted or not. So So it's a a little risky.
0: Yeah. So after you purchase a property and after you start the process, you may find out if you can short-term rental it?
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I I would assume that most would get accepted unless they had a good basis on which to reject you. But hey, like it's a it's a double-edged sword because it's preventing competitors. So Uh, limited amount of nightly occupancy. So a good example here would be Arvada, which only allows for 240 nights of the year to be occupied. Um, This isn't too common; we don't see too much of that. Limited amount of occupants. So how many people can be in the house during the rentals? Oftentimes, this is more common in the mountain properties, uh, which is often um, a a, a maximum amount of people allowed. uh, The like how many um, the septic? How many people the Mm. septic uh, system can? Can hold essentially. And that's a very um, practical. Yeah, thing. it is. Um, additional taxes. So uh, they want their cut. The counties and municipalities want their cut, uh, which could be anywhere from a few percentage points up to like 10, 11%. Denver, I, last time I checked, was 1075 uh, Counties versus municipalities. So some people might be wondering um, how this works because you can, you can have municipalities within counties that have their own set of regulations. Now, from what we've experienced, If the municipalities have their own rules, then typically the county is going to let that go and let them dictate their own rules. Um, A really good example of this is uh, Wheat Ridge in in Jefferson County. So Jefferson County allows for short-term rentals to have, they have to have at least an acre or more in size, which obviously is is not applicable to most homes in Wheat Ridge. And Wheat Ridge has their own um, laws and processes. So they don't really interfere. So I would check First, the municipal laws and then the county laws, Uh, unless it's an unincorporated, in which case you certainly have to look at the county laws. Uh, HOA typically, HOAs are not typically short-term rental friendly in metro areas, but friendly in vacation hotspots. So that's... um, yeah, up in the mountains, that's... Yep, exactly. Mountains, uh, beach towns. Orlando. Orlando, Mm -hmm. yeah. But in Denver metro, if there is an HOA, the chances of them allowing short-term rentals are slim. Yeah. I've only heard of a couple over all the years that wow. You know, you know. mm-hmm. uh, active versus passive enforcement. Um, so most like a place like Denver is, um, they are actively enforcing it as John mentioned before they're out, they have sophisticated software looking for people who are doing this. Um, if you are operating legally, they are going to send you a, a notice and then fine you. Um, if you are operating legally, the best piece of advice that I would give is keep your neighbors happy. Because that's, that's how they find out or through complaints. So um, it's a good rule of thumb in any type of real estate investing. Keeps neighbors happy. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yes. We actually give, we have letters, um, templates that we give out to the neighbors of all our short-term rentals that an explanation of who we are. um, Here's a discount code. Here's a Starbucks gift card. And Hey, here's our number. Call us, you know, if there's a problem, call us, don't call the county and we'll deal with it. Uh-huh.
0: yeah i've actually heard i mean I, I i mean that's a great idea for my short-term rental um i've had a friend that i could fix and flip they kind of do all of that where it's like hey, i'm gonna I'm be proactive and that way if there is an issue whether hey a, a short-term rental occupant or an issue with a dumpster on a flip like hey let you guys the owner the operator the manager get the call first so it can be taken care of avoid you know other incorrect people getting called and causing a lot more drama or, hey i can call you and get it handled quickly and you're like, oh, hey, thanks for telling me. That's like, really good to know that my contractor did that. Thank you. I'll yeah. take care of that this afternoon. Exactly. It's so, so smart idea to go out there and be proactive.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. All right.
0: So, yeah. So we're going to talk now about. Before um, we jump yeah, into yeah, the, the national trends. Sure. I got one question for you guys here locally. So, like, where is, like, because, you know, we got Denver uh, Metro, five, five counties in you know, immediate and, uh, you know, Denver County, Denver City has very restrictive short term rental laws what's the best place for people to get a handle on what municipality what county allows what or um cuz i know high level but again, i know there's always like oh your Douglas county saying this you know last year lakewood was saying this like there's always chatter and always stuff in the pipeline or it seems like there's always stuff in the pipeline
2: are you asking where should people find information like like information, like current information or. Yeah, I'm just
0: saying someone's going to say, to hey, go out there and invest in yeah. an Airbnb and like, I mean, you know, the going back that slide, like it is, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, many more layers of, of due diligence and I'll say a long-term rental or primary residences for that stuff. Like where do people start or is there say another high level and, and talk to the experts like you guys and, you know, our agents that know this stuff.
1: This, this has always been a thorn in my side uh, yeah. for, for the both of us really. And I've spent a lot of time trying to figure this out. So there are, there are a couple of resources out there, but what I've found is they're not up to date and they're not even accurate. So I don't use them anymore. I've compiled my own sheet of, uh, I mean, uh, of know, the last sheet? few months. Yeah. of what, and then it's going through the websites and often calling the counties and seeing what the yeah. rules are and, and how, because it is, it's moving. It's a dynamic process. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm happy to help anyone if they want to, uh, if they want to reach out, but there's not a great resource that I'd recommend. Cool.
0: Yeah, we, we keep stuff internally that we, you know, we're like, oh, should we share with clients? Should we not? We, we generally share, but like, hey, this is the best we know. Always, 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 always go double check with the municipality or county because, yeah. you know, and they it's the investor's responsibility. But here's the best we know. Yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So just to reiterate it one more time, like we started this presentation with one question. Is it legal? It is the most important due diligence question mm. one can ask in this business. And it's like just number one before you, before you look at the properties, anything.
0: That so, is a great thing to come back yeah. to from your high level. Very simple. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right. Yeah. So national trends data, like uh, I think it was Diana said earlier, um, heard that she said supplies becoming a bit saturated. Markets getting a little soft. Like, you know, I have seen some headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is going on with the Airbnb market?
2: Some of you may have heard of the term Airbnb bust. Uh, <laughs> actually not. That's good. Yeah, though. <laughs> it's it's yeah. out there in the headlines. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we want to dive into some of the national data and local data. And um, <laughs> let me describe this.
1: Here you go. Cool. The data that we're pulling from is AirDNA. And for those of you who don't know, AirDNA is, I would say, the prominent software um, company in the short-term rental world. And there aren't too many data sources. Yeah. So that's what we're pulling from.
2: Yeah, they're the largest Airbnb, Verbo d- data aggregator for sure. So we're going to dive into national STR performance metrics. This was released in April 23. And year over year, uh, available listings nationally has gone up to 1.43 million, up 189 or just 19% year over year. So there's a much, the supply has increased significantly, but at the same time, demand has risen only to 12.6%, meaning it's lagging supply. Occupancy in turn also is lower. So more peop, uh, there's more people booking. The demand has increased, but it's spread out amongst more listings only gone and occupancy has gone down 5% year over year ADRs they're almost the same what is ADR uh, average daily rates mm-hmm. so the nightly rate you charge the guest is 1.4% which is a pretty flat number the picture that's being painted right now is that you know there's more supply there's there is more demand not as much as supply and okay so what does that mean for everyone so and and just a yeah. note on the mm-hmm. on
1: the increase in ADR of what was it? One point, yeah, 1.4%. I don't think that's taken in uh, inflation into consideration. So really it's it's decreasing.
0: Yeah. So I mean, all this backs up with I mean, I I you know, I always look at I think supply and demand. If I could ever know like one uh, data point would be supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes back to classic hey, supply is increasing faster than demand. So therefore occupancy rates, rents, it all starts softening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what all well, that's pointing towards it looks like.
1: Right, exactly.
2: And just to show you another uh, nice graphic from AirDNA, the blue is supply, orange is demand. And this is broken out into different city city areas, mid-sized cities, rural, large cities, uh, suburban, large cities, urban. The entire United States, in every category, supply has outpaced demand. In some areas, it's outpaced way more. In small cities, mid-sized cities such as Denver, supply has significantly uh, outpaced demand by almost 10% or a little bit more than 10%. So the story here is that there's more supply, therefore less, uh, more supply than demand, and there's uh, there's some softening in uh, the market as we've stated. And Shalom's going to talk about
1: yeah. Uh, so here. yeah, the other the other big imp- important piece of information here is the is the traveler. Um, so as you can see from this graph, almost fifty percent of consumers surveyed. That uh high travel prices have kept them from traveling in the in the last month. And we're seeing that too. Um, anecdotally, uh, people are tightening their wallets, and mm-hmm. when they are traveling, they might not splurge, they might not get a place as nice, they might get something smaller, uh, they're gonna be doing more shopping uh, within like within Airbnb and also across platform. They're gonna look, they're gonna compare Airbnb to verbo they may even um try to book direct. Um, and we'll get into that in in a bit. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of being hit on, on both ends, the, the host
2: uh, and the guest. Yeah. And to add one more part of this is, you know, people are, the supply has gone up almost 20%. A lot of this is from the arbitrage model. People will rent a property and then they'll Airbnb it with the landlord's approval most of the time. That's a lot of the increase of supply as well. Everyone thinks they oh, can. Oh,
0: really? So a lot of it's yeah. arbitrage. Yeah. Oh, and so they actually break out that they can break out that data.
2: They didn't break that out, but I just just looking at social media, and knowing people in the industry, it's happening it a ha- lot. Oh, yeah.
0: I never thought that makes sense. I didn't even think about
2: that.
0: Lead times.
1: Lead times don't necessarily play into um, into the supply and demand conversation, but it's important to note the difference. So between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty pre-covid the lead time which is the um from when the guest books the reservation from when they uh, to when their reservation occurs uh is 39 days in february 2023 that went down to 24 days so people are booking a lot closer to their to their stay to their vacation hmm. okay yeah
2: and just in terms of metrics that's a Almost 50% reduction in time. Like that's a huge change. Yeah. Um, we're managing 70 units. So, you know, we're looking at our calendar right now in August and it's, a lot of the houses aren't booked, but we're like, wait a minute, just wait, take a step back. It's okay. Like people are going to book. It's just it's, it's just closer. Weeks longer now, right? Yeah. For, for the last, so they'll book closer to the date. So yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: for so. the last like six to eight months, every month I'd go, I'd call John, Hey, we're, we're screwed. Like, look at, look <laughs> at next month. There's no bookings. And then they'd come in and we'd be okay. Interesting. But it yeah. just takes more time. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, and that was since, since COVID you've seen the lead time decrease. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then also, interestingly, cancellation policies have also become more lax. Um, and Airbnb encourages people to, uh, they actually boost listings that have more lax cancellation policies. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, local data. So let's look at Air Simplicity's numbers. So we can just read off the slide here and they're pretty self-explanatory. We're projecting a decrease in overall revenues uh, between 14 and 19% um, year over year, 2023 to 2022. Um, That is comprised of both occupancy and ADR. So that's a 9.8% drop in overall occupancy and a 12.9% drop in ADR, an average daily rate. Um, And for those of you looking at the slides, you can see the graph there and you can see the the seasonality of that as well.
0: So overall, they're saying here local that like Denver Metro or Colorado? Colorado. Okay. So in Colorado, a 14 to 19% overall drop in
2: just revenue. And that's, well, that's our data from our company. Okay, um, so we're assuming our actual. Oh, numbers.
0: sorry, your simplicity. Okay, I guess yeah, yeah. I I, mm-hmm. I just saw air and I okay, perfect. Yeah. That that's really good. Okay,
2: yeah. So those are real numbers. The, those are the properties we're actually managing. It's not from some aggregator. This is yeah. actually real.
0: Oh, this is the best data then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And you'll notice that that light green line. Um, if you look at the chart there, it says 390 in uh, for, probably in March 2022 is the is the light line the lighter green and the darker blue is this year. So you see a, that's where we got that 12.9 reduction in eight in average daily rate. Um, this year at the same time, it's, it's, we're not getting as much money per night now as we did last year. Um,
0: so so you send average like 390 down to 340. Yeah.
2: Okay. Which is a 13%. Drop. Um. Yeah. So if we could open up that spreadsheet, so, uh, that'd be so awesome. Now, now that yeah. we've
1: talked about all the doom and gloom, let's yeah. look into a deal that works. <laughs> is it a, well, this actually. Gotham spreadsheet. It's uh,
2: um, this one. This yeah, one's good. One. This is, yeah. we're actually still in doom and gloom. Actually. Okay. All right. so so okay. Let's stay
1: there a little bit longer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: gonna zoom in on here. So yeah. Yeah. give us a second, everyone listening and watching. We're switched over to. We got two spreadsheets to go through because mm. this is uh this is the best stuff in the world. Let's talk about what's actually going on. So yeah. we will talk through this. Uh, you guys know, if you're listening, watch YouTube video or uh, just come to the uh, notes and you can download these spreadsheets.
2: Yeah. So in this uh, sl- or spreadsheet, you're going to see two profit and loss statements side by side. The one on the left is a PNL for May first twenty one to May first twenty two. The one on the right is May first twenty two to May first twenty three. This is the exact same property. We have a lot of data on this property, but we've been managing it for for a while. It's a desirable uh, three bedroom, two bath
1: home in Jefferson Park, and Denver. I just want to interrupt and yeah. say that this PL is exactly what our PNLs look like, like mm-hmm. what we give to ourselves and our clients. So it's the same yeah. breakdown. I like this. Yeah, this is what
2: our clients see. This is what we see every month when we look at our properties uh, information. And on the left hand, the two years ago data, uh, you'll see rental income and cancellation fees. This this uh, en- encompasses all the income that came in, minus uh, cleaning fees, not including cleaning fees. We had a total of eighty seven thousand dollars in income uh, about starting a year and a half, or not a year and a half ago, but May twenty one to May twenty two. Same time frame, a year later, we went down to seventy one thousand. So that's a minus. 18 decrease in income just without cleaning fees. If you scroll all the way down uh, to the bottom, our net income for this property after everything, this person made $66,000. That's how much money we sent them two years ago. And then this past year, we sent them $51,000, meaning we collected all this money after paying all the expenses. This person made 23.5% less in net income on a really cool house in Denver, well-furnished, well-reviewed, well-managed, it still had a pretty significant drop. Just painting the picture that there is a, tam- a dampening of demand, maybe oversupply, maybe macro uh, macroeconomic issues uh, affecting um, affecting properties. So to jump back to the slide deck,
0: Actually, actual question oh, yeah. here. So you said this is you know uh, Jefferson Park, uh, good property. This is like mm-hmm. this is like a, a prime property here, maybe yeah. not like
2: a. The lower ten percent portfolio. This of, is like, this is nice. Okay. Top top twenty percent,
1: maybe top top twenty. It's not it's, it's not, not luxury. I mean, the, great location,
0: but it's, no. But this it's is like crazy. this is a solid performer, it's a performer. A top tier of the Airbnb listings. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that was the context I wanted. Definitely. And then I just wanted to one yeah. more thing I want to look at. So all these expenses here, and you guys can download. sits. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the cleaning fees, management fees, repairs. Yeah. Uh, maintenance. So it's basically everything, everything other than acceptable. probably the mortgage mm-hmm. debt and utilities. Utilities. And utilities that the owner has. Insurance, correct. Okay, yeah. so the owner is getting 51000 change. Minus. They're paying their mortgage, mm-hmm. paying some utilities. Yeah. Um, and okay. yeah.
1: And the one thing that this probably wouldn't include, maybe it does sometimes are significant renovations. If there's a roof repair that's not going to be on here.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just, yeah. Well, like the standard CapEx stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cool. All right. You still go back to slides,
2: Jonathan. Yes. That'd be great. All right. This slide or yeah, that's perfect. And then there's, I think two more bullet points on this one.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So future projections. So what, yeah, poor, poor performance is, is what that's supposed to say. <laughs> um, so the two data points that we can't really see here and that we don't have data for is uh, interest rates lowering supply so certainly um the amount of people buying short-term rentals or buying properties in general has has been decreasing um and we're not going to see that like i mean i think we're seeing that in real time to some degree but um i think the the supply is certainly is uh taking a hit so hopefully that'll make the uh the current supply out there um a little bit better and poor performers. So just the, let's just say the bottom 10 or 15% of the market, I don't think they're going to make it through. Like if a house is poorly designed, poorly managed, it would be more sensible to, to operate that as a, as a typical rental. And I think we're going to have, um, a big market exit. I don't think that's going to happen now going into the summer, uh, more likely, uh, during the slower season. So winter or after winter. That was one of the things as we were
0: prepping for this, you guys sure with me about the bottom 10% is really getting hit hard. Yeah. So you're talking like on this other property here, you know, a, a top twenty percent property took uh what we said, a 15-18% hit. Bottom 10% properties, I'm assuming it'll be a greater hit, because usually the extreme is like, Do you have any type of idea like how how bad that punch is? Or you if you don't want to look at your first ball, I don't blame I, you.
2: I would say just from looking at some of the Arvada properties and Maybe some of the Westminster properties, it's probably closer to a forty percent hit.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, okay, so more. really significant. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. Just off the top of my head. Uh, but those are like the worst, worst performers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean that that's how it is. It's like there's always like your own know, in business that. investing. It's like yeah, that's you know, yeah. If you have, sometimes you can get away with like, you know, you can get away with in current market conditions, like how you've been the last couple of years, you know, up until interest rates rise, right? so you could list anything and have multiple offers on there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the market has changed, so you have yeah. to change that. So and that's all part of it. All right. Yes, so, exactly.
1: Um, so, the the yeah. deal dive is the next slide
2: here. Right. So, we've been talking about a lot of doom and gloom the last 20, 30 minutes, whatever it's been. And that's not the full story. We, Shalom and I, uh, and another investor, purchased a property in Adams County in the Regis area recently mm. in September 21. And we worked really hard to renovate it well. We furnished it beautifully we think uh well the guests think we furnished beautifully based <laughs> on the reviews important. yeah and it is still possible to not make a killing right now but to do re- pretty pretty well so yeah. we're going to dive in and th- the property on the screen you'll see um because this is, are just yeah. photos up here. And this That's is, one property. So this is this, what
0: you finished, or you remodel and you furnished.
2: Yeah. Correct. We don't have the before photos here. and It's not super matter. relevant, it's but it was um, um, a gorgeous was property. And this yeah. is another property right next door to it,
1: actually. Because it's, it's a house. A house it's, it's, an, uh, an it, yeah, it's a house with an ADU. It's a du- duplex. It's a it. duplex, detached. Um, yeah. So one of the... So you want to maybe open the pro forma? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So now we're switching to another spreadsheet again. We will talk these numbers. Um, Oops. But if you guys need a copy of this, uh, go to the
1: show notes or just reach out to us. So once I get this score out, okay, so. Great. So this property was purchased in, I think it was September of last year, uh, in North Denver in the Regis area. Uh, so like we mentioned before, it's a duplex, detached duplex, um, one unit. Uh, they're about uh, between 1,100 and 1,700 square feet. One was a 3-1, the other was a 2-2. Uh, for the sake of this pro forma, we just put it all. We just added the bedroom together and the bathrooms um, just to keep things simple. Um, so yeah, five five bedrooms, total, three bathrooms, total, total square feet of twenty five ninety, so almost twenty six hundred square feet. Um, let's look at the purchase price for a second. So we bought this place for four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. We put about one hundred and twenty five thousand uh, into renovations. The furniture slash setup cost was about $25,000 and about 5000 of closing costs. So our total um, cash outlay is uh, about $274,000. And so about
0: $150 is renovation and Airbnb setup cost, mm-hmm. $120,000, for down payment? Yeah. So about, oh, so just over a quarter million dollars all in cost.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll note here our interest rate was 5.75 and we put in 25% down. Okay. So added together, the ADR, the average daily rate of these two units, is about three hundred eighty-two dollars, and the, with the occupancy rate of eighty-three uh, percent, that's high. Typically, it's the uh, occupancy rates are going to be a little bit lower. It's high because they're small units, and with small units, it's easy. It's easier to maintain a higher occupancy rate. Okay. So gross annual revenue here is oh, gross annual revenue here is one hundred and fifteen thousand. Moving down, so this s- is
0: here on this annual so one hundred and fifteen, and that's just uh, top of the line, right? Top line, yeah, is yeah including, that including cleaning every, expenses yeah. or yep. I'm sorry, cleaning, cleaning fees. income, yeah, yep. cleaning fees from Airbnb, okay. exactly,
1: yep. Uh Moving down into the expenses, the top, the two biggest expenses are cleaning fees and property management. So here we have fourteen percent cleaning fees, so $16,000. Uh, property management of 22%, that's that's what we're charging, of 25000 roughly roughly. Real estate taxes of about 0.03%, $1,700. Uh, utilities per square foot. And this is going to vary. Some of these numbers are going to vary um, depending on where the property is, the size of the property. Uh, but we have utilities at 10%. Um, at- is that your general thumb about,
0: about 10%? Of, of square footage for utilities,
1: yeah. Huh. And then in, in the mountains, that's it's going to be higher than yeah. that. Okay, way more. Yeah. Uh, so total uh, thirty one hundred for utilities. The consumables per bedroom, which is pretty consistent across the board, of thirty dollars per bedroom per month. Uh, so eighteen hundred dollars annual. Uh, and then maintenance, we have at point eight percent for thirty eight hundred dollars um, total. And then insurance, we have twenty six hundred dollars. Okay. So Altogether, we have expenses totaling $52,000. All
0: right. So 115, uh, top-line revenue, about 52,000 expenses other than mortgage. Yep. Yep. Because you have insurance and
1: um, taxes on here. And we'll touch on that now. Yeah. So net operating income of sixty, almost $64,000 before any debt service. Our loan payments annually are about $25,000. So 63, our net operating income of sixty. dollars $4,000 minus our loan payments of $25,000 leaves us with a net cash flow of almost $39,000.
0: Wow. So, so 3,000 bucks a month?
1: Yeah. Not on too, average. Yeah, not too bad. And then the metrics, We let's go to the right for a second and we can see the uh, cash on cash and cap rate. Can you scroll up a little bit. Yeah. So the cash on, oop. I think that- Hold on, I just something on messed something yeah, up. there you go. Yeah, cash on cash is 14.14%. Um, not too bad with a cap rate of uh, 13.40%. Um, so yeah, a pretty pretty good deal. Um, these aren't very easy to find. I don't think you're going to find one a month, but
2: they're out there. Yeah. I think the, another takeaway from this deal is we also put in a lot of work ourselves to to make this deal make sense. We got it in pr- like horrible shape and we had to make it pretty awesome for it to make these kind of... T- make these kind of numbers yeah. make sense so
0: well you guys I still yeah. in my eighty, like 13 blocks north of your house right yeah. if you uh want another one up there <laughs>
1: yeah for sure <laughs>
0: but I, it's a I little can't... farther from regis but... yeah <laughs> i mean i just i don't have the patience for airbnb we, we i yeah. mix well with that yeah that's,
1: that's fair yeah. it's a lot of work
0: it's a lot of work yeah a lot of humans a lot of people involved yes
1: that's, right. Right. that's why we have a management company I know. <laughs> uh... and,
0: no i think it's amazing i love these numbers like it's just, oh,
1: it's just you don't see these numbers, in these cashflow anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, these, yeah, these are these are pretty good. And I th- I think finding a place that needed so much work, like one of the units of the duplex was pretty much you know down to the studs, and we had to come in there and put in bathrooms, floor, pretty much everything. Full electrical, oh, okay. we totally
2: did. We did the electrical plumbing.
1: Yeah, um and I think that's so where you're going to find deals. Is where you know if you're going to put in, if you yeah. can put in some work.
2: Yeah, an important thing to note also. We'll, we'll touch on this later. Is that we really Tried to find furnishings that matched like that mid mod bohemian boho style. We had someone, we paid someone, uh, Shelby, shout out to her, who she went around and bought things secondhand and bought like really beautiful teak bed frames and cool lamps and artwork. And this is not IKEA, this is not Amazon furniture. And the guests know, and they, they, that's why they're booking it. That's why there's great reviews. So. And they know that through the Airbnb listing? We definitely describe it when they get there, they're also pleasantly surprised as well. Just like, wow, well, this is a real leather sofa. This is really nice. You know, okay. All the all the uh reviews yeah. speak about it.
0: Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like, you know, setting up properties like this, like what um, you know, I, I always get questions like this on client, like, hey, they want to be like this, like, you know, obviously you guys are an investor, you also run the property management company. What type of services as a PM would you be able to help with a client? I mean, are you going to manage a remodel? Do you help with furnishing setup? Like, kind of, someone says, Hey, I want to do this. Where can they expect to lean on you guys for your expertise?
1: So, we typically don't like to do renovations on the front end. Yeah. If anything from helping that's not
0: find. That's I... Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a you, little. You a almost couldn't pay us enough, <laughs> honestly.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Not, not totally,
2: but almost. All right. Well, Dude, we got some equity, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe. We do that's... help our current clients with renovations sometimes. But yeah. We um, have to, too. If, if something goes wrong, if there's a flood in the house, uh, we're going to help them find Oh, yeah. Well, that's people, different than saying, hey, we're, we're of... buying
0: this distressed yeah. property. We got
1: to do full remodel. Hey, yeah. take care of it for me. Buy a GC and do it all. Like... Right. So... Yeah. From helping find the property to helping set it up. We want to be a consultant there to help lead you through, to make the right decisions, because we've seen way too many examples of people buying nice homes and then going and just, and setting it up with the crappiest furniture. Going to and Goodwill. It, and- yeah. Going to Goodwill. And like, you mm-hmm. really just spend, spend five, $10,000 more and you will make $15,000 more every year. But some people just want the cheapest option. Yeah.
0: They'll
1: uh, pay for a, a million
2: dollar home in cash and then go for, for Goodwill. <laughs> And get the furniture. It's just interesting, <laughs> it's just interesting.
0: It's interesting. Some of the uh, yeah. real estate investor yeah. plans work, right? I mean, yeah, it's fun. I'm guilty of that charge. Oh, yeah. I got my things. I'm I'm very cheap on this. I could
1: be too. Because um, yeah, I could be too. Yeah.
0: So, with um, in terms of um, the uh, doing renovations like this, one of the things that I always tell clients to do is that hey, if you want to, you know. Get, do this as a long-term rentals. That's you know, that's a lot of the properties we do, and a lot of clients they're they're in that bread and butter phase. But like even looking at short-term rental, like they should be talking to you guys and helping have you like figure out what needs to happen before you close on the property. Yes. Ideally, like this is a lesson I've learned. I always try to part of my clients is like the sooner you loop in your property manager, whether it's a long-term or Airbnb property manager, the better, because they have. Thousands or ten thousand hours of experience now and help give you a high level. Then, once you're in a contract, really have the property manager come over in that like early due diligence phase uh, where you can still terminate for inspection items. Have them come like walk to prep, have them do real underwriting to make sure that like whatever you think uh, actually matches up with their reality and their expertise. 100%.
1: Um, Yeah, we can't stress this enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: we've done that multiple times, many times. Yeah, right.
0: So, anyone out there, please, please again. Whether you work with them or anyone, that's just a huge, huge rule I've learned over the years is like, talk to your property manager sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. Get <laughs> it <laughs> right assumptions from the cost get-go. you money. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, back to the slides? Yep. Or, all right.
1: Um, yeah. We're, okay. So that was just what we just did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go? Yeah. We can
2: jump into that presentation right there. Um, so... We were uh, thinking about this: is if if I was a person jumping into a short-term rental deal, how what would I want to know? And one of the things I, I wish I was told maybe is view each property or your first property as its own little business. And um, I'll go through a PNL in a moment, uh, and I'm going to use an example that I purchased with my brother uh, in September 2021. And you can see on the screen, if Chris, maybe you could slide over and show the pictures. This is a house in in Adams County and it's North Denver. And you can see we put some effort into making the backyard pretty cool. We put a fire pit in there. Um, Furnishings are nice. Uh, The guests love it. We have a game area. We have, you can see the kitchen's beautiful. Yeah. uh, Renovated. And um, yeah, so firstly, the first thing I'm just saying here is, you know, the key is to make the house pop, make it look awesome, that people actually want to book it. And if you could slide over to the, spreadsheet side. So this house was purchased in September 21, uh, for $494,000. And we put in about $50,000 in renovations and furniture, mostly furniture. The house was pretty much turnkey, luckily. Um, and for 2022 last year, this is from January 1st to December 31st, 22, the house top lined top line revenue, 116,000 and 15,000 of that is we're cleaning fees. So hundred thousand dollars in rental income just from the nightly rate, the ADRs we mentioned before. And when I say view view this as a business, you know you'll see in our expense column here we're tracking cleaning, the consumables and supplies, yeah. deep cleans, deep cleans meaning clean separate from the actual regular the routine stuff, not but- just the turnovers, correct. And um, we're tracking snow removal, lawn care, management fees. Uh, the mortgage payment, separating out taxes and insurance. And um, and you'll notice we actually had some pretty serious uh, maintenance expenses over that year, but there was some major hiding of plumbing issues uh, from the previous person we bought it from. Uh, the dishwasher broke immediately. The washing machine broke. The HVAC had a $2,000 Did it bank. break or did it break and flood? Um, it actually just no, no flood. Oh, no flood. great, great, no great, great. There were other floods. Other, <laughs> we had many other floods, other properties. But again, we're tracking the trash service, $800 a year, the energy usage, gas and electric, internet, water. And the reason why I'm going through um, all these line items is because let's just use an example of internet. I had a property that its internet expense was $500 for two years. And then the next year it was 800, then 1,000. And we're like, wait a minute. So glad we're tracking this very uh, meticulously because we can then call Xfinity and say, hey, we're switching over to a new company. Company, If you don't you know, lower our rate, they lower the rate back. So to be very um, detailed in, in yeah. tracking expenses helps you manage. You can cut down your operational expenses by a couple thousand dollars a year just because you're tracking it like a business. Um, and to speak more on the story of you actually can make money in the slower economy. After all these expenses of $80,000 expenses, we still had a net income of $3,600, which is $3,800 a month. $36,000. Um, $36,000. A year. Yeah. Not, I, yeah, you I, said $36,000. Oh, no,
0: 36000 a year. For
2: the year, yeah. $3,800 per month. And even if we have a 50% drop, like a really worst case scenario, we would still be making you know. $1,700 a month on this property, which is excellent. We couldn't make that as a long-term rental. There's no way. So yes, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there, but if you have a really cool property and you market it well, you take great photographs, you could actually still do well in this down, down market. Yeah.
0: No, this is great. Cause I mean, this is, I mean, what you, a $500,000 purchase price. Um, and this was like, I mean, not the most amazing deal or, and not the most Amazing rehab, right? Like this is it's
2: pretty. It was pretty good. Yeah. I will say, what was the best part about this deal was the interest rate, and we got this at the at like the lowest yeah. point. So to buy this now would be tough. But if you have a property, you know, in your portfolio,
0: well, even if you buy you, it now, it will, you got thirty six thousand dollars worth of cash flow. That's going to yeah. help offset a lot of the higher interest rate. Well, you make so much cash flow a day, no, but it mm-hmm. should still be cash flow positive while you're still yeah. owning half miller asset that's appreciating and give you some tax benefits sure. and your airbnb guest or paying down your principal mm-hmm. um correct like this is what i just i mean again i don't do airbnb personally as an investor um, but i just love it it's just like cash flow like geez
2: like it just it's amazing yeah yep and we do uh we'll talk more about amenities later in the presentation but oh, okay uh, yeah that, that does matter with this example
0: all right so Great.
1: So let me go through the industry trends uh what you need to be looking out for just some things that we're seeing in the industry uh cleaning fees uh cleaning fees uh, most people have probably seen this uh but cleaning people are upset with high cleaning fees um you're gonna see that a lot coming coming up in social media where people are posting about um high cleaning guests especially high cleaning fees that they experience that they're upset about um oftentimes Then have
0: to take out the trash. Yeah, take it. Yeah, I have to strip the bed Mm. and start the washing machine Mm. while I'm paying two hundred dollars cleaning fee.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So people are upset about that. (laughs) (laughs) that (laughs) (laughs) Clean the gutters. (laughs) Um, So my recommendation would be: you still want a cleaning fee, but look at what your comps are charging, and you know have it in in a a reasonable range. Direct bookings. Uh, So this is something that we're that's more common with professional management companies. If you have one or two properties, it's not gonna be worth it because you do have to set up a a system for that. You need a, a channel manager and like a property software uh, property management software. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of bookings go off of the typical OTAs, which is the online travel agencies such as Airbnb and Verbo, and book directly with the host. Uh, You're like through their website, through or their website, through a
0: different portal.
1: Yeah. And we try to capture a lot of return guests. We say, we give them information and say, hey, next time you want to book, book with us direct. And there's about a 15% uh, revenue markup that, they, that these guys are charging that we can take. Mm-hmm. we And we spread that across um, us, the owner, and the guests will pay less as well. So everyone saves. Save, yep. Wins a Works. little bit, right? Everyone mm-hmm. wins. Yep. Uh, longer stays. So this has been a trend that we've seen since So sort of back up on it. Sounds sure.
0: like your strategy is your, your, your main people coming through Airbnb and Verbo mm-hmm. and then kind of like on the repeat and referral, you're hoping to get more direct bookings through, hey, here's email, or hey, here's, you know, hey, thanks for booking. Here's next time. You exactly directly yeah. through us so you're okay and are you seeing more people as a repeat referral like are you seeing an uptick or is it, just, is it too hard to track
1: very slowly i yeah. mean we were only we only started focusing on this and over the last few months we even oh okay so we don't have yeah okay um and the other really interesting marketing uh strategy that we've employed is using a software called stayfi and a Stafi is an access point that you plug into your router and when a guest Tries to uh, check in, uh, log into to the Wi-Fi. There's no password, but they do have to go through this portal. And the portal will uh, will ask for their information. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen this in, in hotels or airports. Like when you capture their personal details. Exactly. And add yep. your email and, list then and or this, whatever. Yeah, and this way we get emails from everyone in the house, most likely. Um, and then we can market to people. And I mean, they have the option to opt out. Um, yeah. But this is a way to get to oh, get great. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we set this up in, our, in 20 of the most occupied homes that we have. Oh, that's
0: a, I love that idea. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that's pretty, pretty neat. Um, yeah, longer stays. Uh, so we're seeing trend in 30 plus day stays. So that's oftentimes the nurses, uh, some corporate leases, and that's just becoming more common. Um, Airbnb has even halved the amount of commission that they charge from about 15% to 8% to help encourage uh, both hosts and guests to book longer stays. Um, and lastly, we have unique stays, which are... Unique properties uh, like a yurt or a treehouse. If someone wants to go build a treehouse, they will probably do pretty well. Do um, you guys have any like unique stays in your portfolio? Not, um, an airstream. We have an airstream, which is kind of cool.
0: An airstream parked in someone's driveway. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it's,
2: it's in the backyard of another property. Yeah,
0: right? yeah.
1: Um, but nothing so wild. How
0: does it? How does that just? How's that performing generally?
1: Yeah, it's. We've only had it for a year. Yeah, it's also um, not it hasn't been operating through the winter. Okay, yeah. we can get
2: back to you on it. It's not we don't have so much data on it yet.
0: On this uh, cruise, that's one of those things like you see out there. Yeah. Uh, Air streams are often, uh, you know, they're. They're popular out there on Pinterest and social media.
2: I think yeah. the, part of the issue is that the Airstream is not in a really cool place. Exactly. It's in like North Denver somewhere. Yeah. So it's like if you put that on a mountainside or somewhere really cool. I not think my background. Know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: okay. You, unique stay really goes hand in hand with the location. Like you don't have... Unique stays are typically in cool places. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We um, have a, a
2: house in Bailey that has a really awesome putting green on the property with a beautiful view in the background. So that's kind of... It's unique that I haven't seen many properties oh, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, pretty and that, yeah, this is applicable to unique amenities too. If yeah. you have interesting amenities, I think it's going to help improve bookings. Um, and then here's just a little graph for those of you who can see it, just to see um, the post pandemic demand growth strongest among unique states. So you can see that unique is states. at that, that top dark line. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, so they've the, had
0: the most growth. Yeah. And, and then, then demand growth. Demand growth. And, and this, then what, the house and the, villas then. and apartments and condos are about the second most, they're about the same. Yeah. And, and the a villa is just,
1: that's still a house, right? Essentially. Okay. Yeah. And then the B&B, the, the bed and breakfast. Like more the traditional lowest. bed and breakfast? I think that's what it, I think that's what it means. Wow. Like, what does they it actually mean? F-
0: I mean, so they actually see negative growth then on mm-hmm. the bed and breakfast side. Yep. I mean, from, wow. Okay. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's post pandemic. So, I mean, I, I would assume that they got hit pretty hard in, during, during COVID. Yeah. Okay. So. so Moving on yeah, to moving the on next one. The last one yeah. we've got tips, tricks, and best practices. Yeah. So um, so
2: recently I purchased a house in Centennial and it's a 1964 multi-level house. Uh, the bones of the home are good though. So, it, but it's not so, it's not the coolest house, but the bones are good. And I personally think it could be made into a pretty awesome short-term rental. And we're in the, the last part of this presentation, which is how can you how can you, I mean, it's kind of in line with what we've already been saying, but how can you make your short-term rental succeed pretty well in this market? And one, if the bones of your home are good, you know, good structure, no foundation problems, good plumbing, um, can it be, can it be renovated to, to be made really awesome? Um, Sean, can you get the next one? Thank you. And once you do renovate it, are you professionally renovating it? Are you going to photograph it professionally? How, when if you're someone on airbnb or verbo and you see a hundred listings how do you grab those that person's attention and make them say not only is that house more expensive but i want to stay there and get in that top ten percent so obviously really putting the effort into making the place unique beautiful um really is is very helpful um and again with this this idea of running your short-term rental as a business Every business, you know, if you call up your restaurant nearby, your house, and they're not answering, like, you're not going to really want to go to, you want to get your Chinese food, they don't answer. Like, well, I'm going to go to a different Chinese restaurant. Same thing. If your guests are trying to reach out to you and you're not getting back to them, all the questions that they have, how do I get there? What's the Wi-Fi? How do I use the washing machine? If these questions are not answered, it's going to annoy people. Your ratings will go down. The optimization of your listing on Airbnb and Verbo will go down. So it's really a matter of keeping up with your guests. Your customers. Um, at Air Simplicity, we do biannual seasonal maintenance. This is super important if you're running a short term rental. Get in the house. Are there scuffs all over the walls? Is the furniture loose? Um, did, are some of the light bulbs burned out? These are questions and things that need to be addressed when you're managing a short term rental. And, um, you know, just regard to seasonal maintenance. And this is, it's so important. Like, are there weeds all around the house? Like, just, the things that are very easy to, to miss uh, really require that hands on attention. And um, yeah,
1: yeah, the sophisticated pricing and setting strategies. This is really important. And I mean, we've seen uh, differences in revenues for from properties that don't have it to properties that do of of anywhere from fifteen to thirty uh, percent. There are a couple of softwares out there. The big ones are Wheelhouse, Beyond Pricing, and Price Labs. We use Price Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have enough time to get into the details of how this works. Uh, but essentially, they're tracking supply and demand of short-term rentals in in specific areas, and will adjust multiple times a day um, to make to really optimize price. Um, some things to something that has that is worth considering. Oh, I'm using the wrong keyboard. <laughs> um, Airbnb, according to Airbnb, we're seeing that listings that have a weekly discount are seeing uh, a revenue increase of about six percent a year. Those that have monthly discounts are seeing revenue increase of about five percent a year. And pet friendly units, we're seeing. This is according to Airbnb. um, They're seeing uh, bookings increase by six percent a year. According to Verbo, it's actually a lot higher, about eighteen percent. And we we actually sent out an email a couple months ago to all our owners, say, hey, like the numbers are here. We should. And it's it's more difficult um, to operate uh, with pets, but it's it's certainly more profitable. Yeah. What percentage of your guys' portfolio
2: allows pets?
1: Right now, it's probably about a quarter. Okay. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Quarter, 30, 40%, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What about your personal properties? All of my personal properties allow pets. They allow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's, there's, I mean, one, you expose your listing to many more, Mm -hmm. to higher percentage of people. And then pet fees too. We charge about 75 to 125 for pet fees. Okay. So there's additional revenue there. And some of that
2: pet fee revenue also gets paid to the cleaners because their job is harder and they might have to pick up, you know, dog poo or whatever. Dog poo,
0: bucks dog hair to vacuum up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the last thing are best amenities. And this is a question that comes up frequently or, hey, what, how do, what what are, what are the best amenities? What should I buy for my short-term rental? Uh, A hot tub is number one by far, especially in Colorado. You want a hot tub. You can set up a hot tub for, I mean, I just did in one of my units, I bought a pretty decent hot tub and i set it up for probably six thousand dollars all in and i will see that return within certainly before the end of the year um fire pits are very popular outdoor spaces are are uh, yeah. very popular so having furniture having a barbecue very fast wi-fi um especially post covid where people are working remotely you need to have fast wi-fi people are uh Expecting that and yeah, shout out to Starlink. Uh, we have Starlink on all our mountain property, almost all our mountain properties. Are and they legit? Oh yeah, they're. I pay oh, less God. than I do. um No, I, really, I pay less than my speed is five times faster than what you pay for. Than, like than like HughesNet or, 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 or vi- ViaSat and or, uh, or the other these, satellite.
0: Yeah, I've used satellite in the past. Not this like ten years, gonna kind of
1: horrendous. It's it was so it bad. Like dial still, modem still is my high school days.
2: Yeah, it still is bad. But and Starlink is okay. Real, no, really good like actually yeah. very good it's like 120 dollars, 120 month bucks a month for wow. i think a terabyte of data or something That's, like that some it's really amazing yeah wow it's a game changer yeah, um, so you need to, that yeah. just to add um, i was saying before with the the house i showed before with the, the one i bought with my brother has that fire pit in the backyard yeah i've looked at the reviews i'd say about a quarter of the reviews talk about how much people love that fire pit and it has a gas line going to it so there wasn't ex- it was expensive to get that put in what people really love it. So, a quarter percent of your reviews are referencing the, the fire, fire
0: pit. pit.
2: Wow. That, yeah. A so powerful it statement right there. Goes to show you that fire pits, hot tubs, yeah. people are on vacation. They want to be with their families yeah. and friends talking. I want the fire
0: pit with the hot
1: tub. I want the Christmas lights <laughs> rolling around the twi- trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the, the story here is if you're going to do a short term rental, go all in. Don't half ass it. You got to go, you put in everything. Um. Yeah. Beat out your competition. Oh, especially and, now, espe- especially and, and now, supplies,
0: yeah, supply is increasing. Yeah. Like this it's, is where you have to be like your best foot forward. Got to shine. It's yeah. the only way to
1: do it. Yeah.
0: Uh. So, question here from Diana. Um. She says, "What are your thoughts on buying short term rentals in the mountains right now? I know there's a bunch of restrictions, but is there a best place to buy Summit County, Dillon, Vale, Winter Park? Well, Summit County is well, it? Oh, a
2: smorgasbord." Yeah. Um, well, just going off regulations, Park County has a lot of favor favorable regulations. You also can get a cheaper property out there. Um, that's a good suggestion. I think, you know, going to Vale, I mean, it's so expensive, it would be really hard.
1: Yeah, be hard. but and, some counties there's a there's a moratorium currently. Yeah. yeah. Um and I was uh, actually to talking to uh a, a mountain
0: broker who referred castle Amy Nakos, and she's she been there mm-hmm. for like 20 years and she was like, Yeah, they're like different zones. She's like, Yeah, one zone's like a 18 year wait list or something like it was just ridiculous (laughs) sure there were some opportunities up there but it's it's complicated There's yeah yeah.
1: they're being sued right now there's actually like a contingent of people like looking to sue the county i'm not not
0: surprised yeah uh, yeah
1: um so yeah ski towns i mean we're not so familiar with ski towns we actually tend to stay away from ski towns it's just a lot it's very saturated there um but yeah outside the ski towns especially 30 to 60 minute drive from ski towns i think i think there's some good opportunities there fair yeah park, park county yeah, fair play uh i would say stick within two hours from denver i mean i don't even like just managing or setting up a place farther than that could be a challenge mm. um what are there some some other good counties yeah I mean park that's yeah that's a good one. Mm-hmm.
0: And so that just depends so much. I mean, like, you know, there's some more variables up there in the mountains with how close to the ski lift and this and that. Right. So, but yeah, make sure you really know, like all of the stuff they talked about in the, in the first bullet point, it's probably even more complex up there mountains. So go back with that first part and then do your due diligence. And I would really look for like in each of those areas, find an expert in those areas. Cause it's so nuanced. Like I've yeah. talked to various mountain brokers and investors up there. It's just, the difference between counties is just so much more drastic like Denver and Adams or Denver yeah. and
1: Douglas. And, and on that note, on mountain properties, mountain properties are so much more complex than city properties. And we actually, for all our mountain properties, we have typically one of us, like I I'll stay in the property overnight to learn it and, and to understand it because it's very nuanced. There's a lot of things that need explaining and mm. we need to include things in the guidebook. Um, yep so guest education yeah i guess it's
2: it's it is more complex you can't just leave doors open a bear could walk into the house you know can't (laughs) leave trash outside you got people coming in from new york city you don't know know. yeah Yeah. yeah. septic systems wells yeah yeah yeah. it's it's tricky but it could be done yeah yep so
0: oh, oh sorry you got the slides now yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, we're, uh, man, you nailed it on time, you guys. We're like, uh, I think exactly 60 minutes and 49 seconds. So you guys win that trophy. Uh, but this was like a phenomenal webinar and education. So like, thank you guys. We had lots of great questions in the comments. I appreciate uh, all the people yeah. out there listening and giving comments on here. So, so as you guys can tell, like, you know, this is why I like having local experts on here. We're on the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast. Got Denver Metro residents, investors, property managers, they live, they invest, they manage here. They know this, they know the market. They obviously know all the nuances. Um, so I highly recommend you guys reach out to them if you need help with uh doing a managing an Airbnb or questions about their reach out to them. We got the QR code air
1: I think, Shalom, you're more the front end, right? Yeah. So all, I deal with all acquisitions um, and yeah, feel free to call me. I love I love this stuff. I love talking about it. So if anyone has any questions, yeah, I'm always happy to chat.
2: Yes. Yeah. And I'm more operationally heavy in the company running the just day-to-day operations, the teams, and a lot of the backend finance and bookkeeping and all that fun stuff. And I just wanted to give a huge shout out to our team. We would not be able to manage 70 properties across seven distinct geographic regions without them. And yeah, we're just really appreciative of all their hard work. And um, if you have friends, family coming to Colorado, go to book.airsimplicity.co as in Colorado, and you can get a much better deal there. And uh, yeah, awesome. we really appreciate it.
0: Thank you guys. Again, if you guys have any questions, reach out to them, reach out to me if you need help with anything. We're always here to provide you a resource. Got a couple questions here asking if they can get spreadsheets and the video links. Yes, we will send all that out after the recording. And if you're listening to uh, the replay of this, it should be in the show notes. If it's not, email one of us and we'll get you all the information. People out there, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Shalom, Jonathan. Thank you, guys. This was another great webinar. Talk to you guys
1: soon. Thanks, Chris.